Welcome to Write Now with Scrivener, where writers talk about how they work, how they develop their ideas, and how they use Scrivener, the app built for long-form writing projects. I'm your host, Kirk McElhern, author of Take Control of Scrivener. It's that time of year again. November is NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. I'm very happy to welcome Grant Faulkner, who is the Executive Director of NaNoWriMo. Grant, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Kirk. I, I was trying to, I was picking my brain. Isn't there another writer with the same last name as yours? Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't met that person. Where did you, <laughs> where did you meet him or her? Well, when, when you think about having a name like Faulkner, doesn't that set the bar really high? It does. In, in truth, it's a lot of uh, writing baggage to be carrying around for a lifetime. Are, are you any relation? No relation that I know of. And the story is, is that William Faulkner, I think that's who you're referring to here. Yes. Yes, Bill. Um, that he actually added the U to his name. He was born F-A-L-K-N-E-R. Okay. And I think his grandfather had published a book or was a writer. So he added the U to differentiate himself from his grandfather. So if I'm related, it's a very, very distant relation. Okay. That's good to know. So you are the executive director of NaNoWriMo. That means you're the big boss of NaNoWriMo. And you've been doing this for about 10 years. First, explain what NaNoWriMo is for listeners who don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, one, one thing it is, is a community. So I'm, I, I'm only, I, I wouldn't say I'm the big boss. I'm, I'm, I'm part of a community and I work with all these hundreds of thousands of people around the world to put on this amazing writing event. And the, the, the shorthand for NaNoWriMo in my mind is that it's, it's one part writing boot camp, and that's the showing up to write 50,000 words of your novel in 30 days. And then it's one part uh, rollicking uh, party, rollicking writing party. And that's the part where the community comes in. And so we, we have a thousand volunteers who are around the world hosting writing events to encourage people to write, to inspire them, to develop a collaborative atmosphere. And then we're online in a bunch of different ways, whether it's our website, we have really vibrant forums and, and writing groups that people form, and they can have regional writing groups too with the volunteers I just mentioned. But then we're also, we're trending on a bunch of social media platforms and we work with nearly a thousand libraries to also host writing events. So there's a lot of different tentacles or pillars, whatever metaphor you want to use for our community. Uh, but it's pretty amazing, actually. You know, like when you think of writing, you th you, there's a mythology about the solitary writer sitting around, you know, anguished, drinking too much coffee, maybe drinking too much scotch. Like Faulkner. Yeah, like Faulkner, smoking cigarettes, wadding up paper and tossing them in the wastebasket, all sorts of unhealthy, uh, you know, behavior. You know, uh, that doesn't have to be the way, you know, obviously the, a lot of writing happens in, in, in solitude, but, but I think like most writers underestimate the role that their community or their network plays in their creativity and their writing. And so we try to really nurture that. A lot of experienced writers have writing buddies, mm -hmm. regardless of a NaNoWriMo or anything like that. They have friends that they work with, they communicate with, they send things back and forth for feedback, for editing. This is like having hundreds of thousands of writing buddies. It really is. You know, I talk to so many people after they've done NaNoWriMo and so many of them tell me that like what motivated them was this feeling that they were writing with the whole world, that everybody was involved in this. And so it's a really galvanizing force to feel that it's not just you, 
it's it's you with a lot of other people. And when I say that, you know, NaNoWriMo is trending on a lot of the social media platforms, you really feel the gusts of those tweets, if you want to put it like that. Like you get on and people are writing words of encouragement. They're up there. They're writing um, about their challenges and their obstacles. Uh, they're updating like their word count on, on Twitter and other social media platforms. They're holding writing sprints together. And so it creates this whole kind of feeling that this pulse, you know, that people are writing everywhere and that you need to keep up with them and keep going. On the one hand, there's a gamification of writing that could seem a bit strange. But on the other hand, writers do need motivation to keep putting words on the page, don't they? Yeah, I think the gamification generally helps, you know, like when you're writing and putting word count to it, too. Like sometimes people like just aimlessly you know, start a novel without any kind of idea of what a novel's word count might be. Um, and I th we, we say that, uh, that a goal and a deadline is a creative midwife. So I think both of those things are really important. And 50,000 words, most novels are actually more like 70 or 80,000 words, but 50,000 words is manageable in a month. It's a stretch. It takes a lot of effort. But, you know, I think like breaking down, we, we're all about breaking down like big um, tasks into small increments. And so it's 1,677 words a day that you have to write to reach 50,000 words. And so there's a natural kind of gamification built into that, really, because because you're, you know, you're going to reward yourself or like, you know, when you start out, you're going to be like focused on the maybe the, the 1700 word count goal and then the 5000 word count goal and then the 10,000, you know, and it's they say so I've read articles about this, actually. Um, you know, a lot of writers have a reward system, you know, they'll give themselves a massage if they hit, you know, a certain kind of goal or, you know, nice bottle of wine or something like that. Those, those might be effective rewards, but the more effective reward is actually the implicit reward of your achievement. And so on the NaNoWriMo site, we have all of these writing quantification tools, but the, the bar chart of your word count going up day after day is like that is a reward unto itself. And that is a gamification unto itself, even though we give badges and have a lot of other kind of ways to gamify writing. So you figured out every kind of dopamine hit that writers can get to keep them writing for a month. <laughs> yeah. Dopamine is good for creativity. <laughs> it's good for writing. Yeah. We want to keep the dopamine flowing. So when was NaNoWriMo started and how many people were involved in the very first one? Yeah, it was started in 1999 by Chris Beatty, really on a lark. You know, he woke up, he really kind of woke up one morning and said, hey, I want to write a novel. And he was an avid, passionate reader, but he hadn't really, you know, read how to write books or taken writing workshops. He didn't have a degree in writing, uh, but he wanted to write because he loved reading. And he... Uh, Everything he did in that first year, even though he didn't intend for this to become a creative phenomenon, he didn't intend for it to become an organization, but everything he did, we do now on an amplified level. And so he invited 20 of his friends to write with him. They met in cafes and wrote together, just like those uh, write-ins that I, that I mentioned earlier. And so if somebody didn't show up to write, they might get a phone call like, are you still doing this? Like, please come back. Mm. And so an accountability structure was built into that initial gathering. And then they also gamified it. So they would do games like um, the first person who writes 500 words will get a latte. And so, you know, whoever got 500 words, they'd go buy that person a latte. And then the next challenge might be, uh, you cannot go to the bathroom until you've written a thousand <laughs> words, you know, and this, this to this day has motivated more people to write a thousand words than any other writing technique, you know, especially if you've got a lot of beverages and caffeine flowing. So, so they did fun stuff like that. 
and they gathered and 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 then the next year they're like hey this was a meaningful activity let's do it one more time and some of them told their friends and 150 people showed up in various ways and then the year after this this is like 2001 so think this is like prehistoric times for the internet um so they put up a janky website 5,000 people showed up and Chris Beatty hand, hand registered all 5,000. That was the max he could do. He had to cut it off at 5,000. And newspapers like the LA Times and the New York Times were writing like, hey, this is crazy. You know, 5,000 people showed up to write a novel. Imagine that, you know, the, the world had never seen like, like uh, people show up to write a novel like this. And, you know, nowadays we have, we're going to have nearly 500,000 people write with us this year. Um, 300,000 people in, in National Novel Writing Month in November, and then 100,000 kids and teens in our Young Writers program. And then we have other programs throughout the year. So, you know, for me, I human beings we are we are we are creators that's what defines us we are storytellers that's how we make meaning of the world is through our stories and so i think like national novel writing month just brings all of that out and makes it a possibility like i it wasn't a, i didn't write a novel when i was young because there just wasn't like a pathway like this and so i think we've made a lot of wannabe novelists into novelists why november why november if you if you um, can write a novel in november you can write a novel anytime um, you know, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it, really, I think. And that is part of the beauty of it is that uh, we're not looking for the perfect month to write a novel because your creativity, there will never be a perfect month for your creativity. Yeah. It'll never be a perfect month for your writing. You've got to adapt to whatever a month throws at you. So, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat random. Yeah. So you're a writer, but you don't really write novels. You write very short stories, flash fiction and hundred word stories. Tell me about this. Yeah, that that. I've I've largely published a lot of my shorter stuff, but I do write novels as well. I write every year during National Novel Writing Month, but I do love the short stuff. Um, actually, it's related to novel writing, though. Um, about 10, 12 years ago, a friend of mine put together a collection of 100, 100 word stories in, into a memoir. And I discovered the form through him. And I had been writing, writing this big, long, my doomed novel, as I called it. I'd been working on it on and off for 10 years. And I just decided to take a break with these 100-word stories. And I found them really, um, they nurtured my creativity in a really interesting way. It was interesting to write in, in, in like these con constraints, you know, in these little boxes. It brought, it brought out a different type of creativity. And I found that writing these 100-word stories kind of opened the door to a different type of storytelling. And then it was like a really nice break from my novel writing, actually, because I could, I could, I could um, find gratification in writing them and publishing them. They were actually easier to get published. So that would like charge up my creativity as well. Uh, and then, you know, it ended up that this kind of short fragmentary form, this elliptical way of storytelling, you know, which really focuses more on like what's left out on the, on the art of omission. Um, than explaining everything, uh, it's really informed my novel writing as well. So I I've written several novels in this kind of brevity aesthetic, as I call it. And I have actually have a craft book, The Art of Brevity, coming out this February. Okay. Could one do NaNoWriMo with 500, 100-word stories or <laughs> 51,000 word stories? There's no rule that it has to be a novel, right? Uh, there's no rule. It has to be a novel. But I would argue that you could even put together a novel through what was it? 500, 100 word stories, whatever the math is. Yeah. You could tell a novel that way. You could make them linked stories. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and per NaNoWriMo, you know, uh, 
about, I think, 95% of the people who sign up for NaNoWriMo do write novels, but I really only care that people show up to write. I never want to say no to writing. So if you call it yeah. a novel, we call it a novel. You can write a memoir. We've had people write PhD dissertations. We've had people write probably vacuum cleaner, cleaner manuals. We've had people write everything. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so just write with us. I've talked to a number of novelists who have written their novels during NaNoWriMo or written the start of their novels or the basis of their novels and then gone on to get them published. Outside of self-publishing, do you have any statistics on which what percentage of participants actually get traditional publishing contracts? I don't have any statistics. I mean, we are a small nonprofit when it comes down to it. And um, we, we find out when people uh, publish their novels, usually through kind of like word of mouth. We'll, we'll see it mentioned in the press in an interview or the author will tell us. So we don't have any accurate number, but I, I, I'm... I think it's safe to say that thousands of novels have been traditionally published, um, you know, and many of them are bestsellers and that's very gratifying and we want to celebrate those novels. Um, but it's interesting to me too, how I, I don't want to over-professionalize writing because I think that can be a creative block. And I, I, I'm really touched by people who show up just because they want to write novels with friends during November. So we really co cover the spectrum from people who just like writing with friends to have fun to people who do have professional pursuits, you know? So I, 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 I want National Novel Writing Month to, to, to reach everybody where they are. I spoke with someone the other day and she did NaNoWriMo, was only able to write 20,000 words, edited it down to 5,000. But what it gave her was the affirmation that she could write. And then she went on to take those 5,000 words into her novel. So I think it's important that even if you can't get to the target of 50,000, there is something going on here. Thank you so much for mentioning that because I've had so many people literally apologize to me for writing only 10,000 words in November. And I'm always like, let's do some math. 10,000 words a month is 120,000 words a year. That's, you know, two pretty good sized novels. That's a tremendous achievement. So celebrate your 10,000 words, celebrate your 20,000 words. You know, we just want you to write. And, and hopefully, you know, like NaNoWriMo, part of its purpose is to make creativity a priority for one month. And most of us, when we become adults, like, like creativity falls lower and lower on our to-do list until it's not there at all anymore. So I really want NaNoWriMo to, to lift creativity up, to make it a priority. And then, you know, it might not be your number one priority the rest of the year, but keep it up there, keep it on the list. And that means like, yeah, write a hundred words a day, write 200 words a day. It all adds up. It's based, based on that same principle of you, you, you achieve big things through small increments, you know, so through, through, through consistently showing up. And, and writing those those uh, smaller increments. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you use Scrivener and how Scrivener can help people do NaNoWriMo. Literature and Latte are proud to be long-term sponsors of NaNoWriMo. Completing a 50,000-word draft in just one month is hard, but picking the right app for the job will help you reach your goal. Tailor-made for long-writing projects, Scrivener is the go-to app for NaNoWriMo, combining all the tools you need to get writing and keep writing through November and after. Scrivener is available for Mac, Windows, iPad, and iPhone. And we offer an extended 45-day NaNoWriMo trial for the Mac and Windows versions. Look for it in the Sponsor Offers section of the NaNoWriMo forum. All those taking part can get a 20% discount on Scrivener for Mac or Windows using the code NanoRimo22. That's NanoRimo22. 
NaNoWriMo winners will get 50% off once their win is verified. We wish you the best of luck in reaching your goal this year. Okay, as a writer, apparently you use Scrivener, don't you? I do use Scrivener, yeah. I like Scrivener. I discovered it through NaNoWriMo, and I was especially um, charmed by the fact that uh, Keith uh, was a NaNoWriMo participant or is a NaNoWriMo participant and that Scrivener uh, was spawned by NaNoWriMo in a way. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact history. And, you know, I've been trying to get Keith Blunt, the developer, on the podcast for a while, but he keeps saying, <laughs> well, it's not about me. And so, Keith, if you're listening, let's schedule an interview for one of these days because yeah. he should come and, and tell the story of Scrivener. He absolutely should. And uh, I'm just hoping you've got some inside connections to reach him. Well, I kind of work for them. So <laughs> so how do you use Scrivener? I use it in a very basic way, to tell you the truth. I, I've always, uh, it's always been on my list to take some formal Scrivener courses or to even just, you know, plunge into the, I know there are many video tutorials uh, online, but I like it actually mainly for um, it's kind of setting up uh, all my chapters and, and scenes, you know, and my research. So I, I use it to create the, the spine of my novel, as I call it. Um, and so I know I'm not using, I know there's, and I, and I talk to a lot of people who, who sometimes they feel guilty that they don't know hundred percent of Scrivener, that we're, we're using only five or 10% of it. I don't know hundred percent of Scrivener. I've written a book about it and I write blog articles <laughs> and I don't know hundred percent of it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I need to learn a little bit more, but I think like what I know is good enough for me because I'm I, I don't need a lot of fancy features for my novel writing. I mean, what I'm looking for is largely that big step up from Word, right? Because Word doesn't allow me to create a spine in the same way. And so it's it's one part, um, it's really just organizational tools. It's a great tool to organize my novel. Um, I can, I can and, and instead of like opening up 25 files in one folder, like I would with, with Word, I can have them all available to me, you know? So I can click through, I can drag and drop things in different ways. Um, so yeah, it's great to have my notes and my research and then my, my actual spine of my novel, chapter by chapter, scene by scene and also just to get that kind of holistic view of things you know so i usually break my novels into three acts roughly that's the way i think of things i don't think novelists have to think of things like that but it helps me organize the story um, and then i break it into chapters and scenes from there that's interesting because the three act structure is well known for films a lot of people have said that it's a good template for novels as well but i don't think too many novelists think of it in that way yeah i don't know i think um it's it is one of the most basic storytelling forms you know um yeah i think but i think i i am not prescriptive in the in in the, the format or the structure of a story i think like i actually like to experiment within it so so like i said it just helps me kind of um think about pacing think about the escalating activity kind of think about some of the pivots um and just kind of keeps me on track you know i i view the first draft as a very discovery draft so it's very messy to me very exploratory uh but i like to have a sense of direction and i like to have a, a, a just enough structure that it's not going to be a complete mess like um i don't want my novel to be intimidating to revise no or too intimidating every novel is intimidating to revise to some extent but i don't want to walk in and have it be a food fight that's a really important point because the 50,000 words in NaNoWriMo is meant to be a first draft. It's not meant to be polished. It's not meant to be finished. It's meant to be that step that gets you to the next step. Exactly. And that's why I, just, I call it a discovery draft. A lot of people call it a zero draft. Um, I think uh, that takes some pressure off of um, writing a first draft. Um, sometimes I view NaNoWriMo as a way to test out an idea, and I can do that very effectively in 30 days. And if it doesn't work or doesn't grab me, 
if I'm not passionate about it, I'm, you know, I'm fine cutting my losses. You know, that was a nice exercise. Um, on the other hand, though, uh, sometimes I, I will get passionate about that idea and more passionate. And I think that writing with abandon, writing without the, the inner critic, um, writing for progress every day and word count um, can open up, you know, creative pathways that maybe you wouldn't have done otherwise, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm more open to taking risks. I'm more open to experimentation and I'm more open to kind of just finding my story. And so sometimes I think of the first draft, I mean, I call it a discovery draft, but it's also kind of a planning draft because after I write that draft and, and follow the direction of the draft, then I can actually, um, I write my outline a more meticulous outline after that first draft. You know, that's when I really think about molding the clay into a more formal structure. So you're a planner or are you a pantser for the first draft <laughs> and a planner afterwards? For those who don't know, a pantser is someone who works on the seat of their pants with no plan, just starts with an idea and writes. A planner is someone who makes an outline before they start writing. Yeah, I, I, I early in my writing career, I was very much a pantser. And uh, the older I get, the more I plan, but I'm very much a planter in the middle, as we call it. You know, um, I, I, I find that if I write too meticulous of an outline, it, it uh, makes me feel like I've already written the story. And I like to write with a sense of mystery and discovery actually throughout all the drafts. And so I'm always writing for the answers. And so if I write an outline that answers those questions, then I just I, I'm just not inspired. So I try to find that happy middle ground where I provide myself with a sense of direction and a sense of structure, but also a sense that I can be playful and messy. I can kind of finger paint when I want to, you know, and, and explore the story. So let's have some tips for writers who are doing NaNoWriMo, because there's a lot going on. A lot of this is about motivation, a lot is about organization. Some of it is about the writing process. What, what, can you give us, I don't know, five tips for writers doing NaNoWriMo? It doesn't have to be exactly five, but. <laughs> yeah, I think the number one tip, I get asked this a lot, of course. And I think the number one thing is actually something that people forget about writing. And it's, it's time management. I mean, uh, a lot of people sign up for NaNoWriMo and they don't take that next step of thinking like, okay, I'm going to write 1700 words a day. How much time does that take? And how am I going to make my life support that? Because most of us have to change our life in order to write 1700 words a day. So that's about two hours of writing for me. So how am I going to find that time as a, as a pretty busy working adult with a family? So I recommend that people go on a time hunt and really look at how they use time. Uh, you know, like just really track your time for, for a day or a week and find those things that you could maybe give up. Like maybe it is time on social media. Maybe you don't have to watch that Netflix movie every night. Maybe you can squeeze in 10 minutes of writing during your lunch break at work. Uh, maybe you can wake up earlier. Maybe if you don't have much time during the week, you can do power writing on the weekend. So I would come up with a, a time strategy. I think that's the number one thing. And then show up for that time, you know, be consistent. So it's important to mention that you don't have to do 1700 words a day, but you can catch up on the weekend. You don't have to feel guilty if you miss a day. Do not feel guilty. Um, and, and if you miss a day, this is not a writing gym. <laughs> yeah. If you miss a day, two days, three days, uh, don't give up, you know, um, especially if you a lot of people give up after they just missed a few days or if they've missed a week, you know, if they get sick. And uh, really, again, this month is all about writing. So just recalibrate your goal and, and keep going. And sometimes people find that they'll get a second or a third wind and actually catch up surprisingly. So uh, they'll get invigorated by their story. So other than that, you know, I think um, 
I mean, I think story selection is really important. I think sometimes people think here's the story I should write, or this is the story that's the most commercial um, or marketable. <laughs> but I think novel writing success and NaNoWriMo success is determined by your passion uh, for the story idea. That's going to make it good. That's going to make it marketable. That's going to help motivate you to write it every day. It's fair to say that there are no subjects that can't be used for a novel. Oh, yeah. Now, I know, now I know people are, there are templates for mysteries, for romance novels, for fantasy, but nothing is off bounds. In fact, some of the most successful novels are the ones that go beyond yeah. the genres oh, yeah. and, and break the rules. Absolutely. I would be, I, I think uh, the best uh, creative works are those that are written defiantly. Uh, the ones where the author makes uh, himself or herself more vulnerable on the page. That's, that's what I think. I think I can give plenty of craft tips about how to write suspense and plot and dialogue, but really it's about the, the author and how that author shows up on the page and makes themselves vulnerable or breaks the rules of a template. I mean, how satisfying to have like an interesting twist on a mystery or a romance, you know, they say the definition of a romance is that it has to have a happy ending. Uh, I understand that as a definition, but I would like if more writers played with that in interesting ways. Um, so, yeah, I think absolutely break, break the rules. Um, the, the, the genre, it's interesting to like, like define that balance of how the rules can work for your story, but also when they can be broken to help your story. Since I'm talking about Scrivener, I want to mention that Scrivener has a template that you can use for NaNoWriMo. And the advantage is it will upload your word count to the NaNoWriMo website. As you heard in the ad read in the middle of the episode, you can get a 45-day extended free trial, and then you get a discount on Scrivener, 20% off. And if you complete NaNoWriMo, you get 50% off. I think the advantage, obviously, I'm a Scrivener fan, but the advantage of this is Scrivener has a great tool for checking your statistics and your word count and seeing where you are in your progress. But the fact that it automatically uploads it to the NaNoWriMo website is another way of lubricating this process. Absolutely. What an interesting word. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, it, it's a, it's, we've created a nice pathway between Scrivener and the NaNoWriMo site. And I think it is important to, um, a lot of people write uh, their novels without signing up for NaNoWriMo. And I think it's really important to sign up for NaNoWriMo because we provide a lot of guidance and resources and pep talks from famous authors and a lot of things throughout the month and throughout the year. So I encourage all of your writers to sign up for NaNoWriMo. And that's actually, I think you have to do that to make the word count um, connection too. So yeah. Yeah. And, and it'd be part of the community and the fun too, you know? Sure. And, and we haven't mentioned it, but it's free. Good point. NaNoWriMo is entirely free. Uh, even our Young Writers Program, we send uh, resources and classroom workbooks and all that kind of stuff for free. Uh, we are a nonprofit. And, and the reason we're free is that we want everyone to have access to tell their story. So even if we uh, charged a quarter, that might inhibit one person from signing up. We want everybody to tell their story because we believe that everyone's story matters. So yeah, that's crucial. So you've got a novel to gain and nothing to lose. Okay. I'd like to ask my guests to recommend a book or two that they've been reading recently that they think our listeners will enjoy. Good question. Um, you know, around this time, I uh, like I know you're to really read. busy with NaNoWriMo. You might not have a lot of time to read. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I haven't been reading a lot, but I try to read. Um, well, I do two things. I haven't decided on my novel writing idea 
this year yet. So I'm not doing the first thing, but the first thing is, is I like to read novels that are like my novel idea. I kind of like to get saturated in them and get in the mood for writing. And then I like to read some writing craft books that kind of help me just brainstorm uh, novel writing. And um, so I haven't been doing a lot of reading because I've been involved in like NaNoWriMo this month, but I'm planning to read. I've got uh, Art and Fear here. Uh, and this is like uh, thinking about your kind of more the emotions that you bring to writing. Uh, and, and usually part of my planning process is I read uh, Save the Cat for Novelists. And I'll do that um, more as a brainstorming activity than an actual outlining activity. But once I have a novel idea, I'll read that. Do you have a favorite novel? Not by William Faulkner? Do I have a favorite novel? You know, I always say, you know, I, I accidentally read Crime and Punishment when I was 15. I was doing a uh, school project on uh, crime, and I didn't know what crime punishment or Fyodor Dostoevsky was, and I found it in the card catalog back when those existed and pulled it out, and I was probably way too young to read it, but I was mesmerized by it, and it kind of opened up uh, a type of storytelling that I think I'm still pursuing. Um, I like Malcolm Lowry's uh, Under the Volcano. I think they're similar in a way in that they just deal with the the kind of depths of human tragedy and human confusion and human messiness. Um, so those are two favorites, but I've got a lot of favorites. I like Ocean Wong's uh, new work. I like uh, Sigrid. Um, oh boy, I'm forgetting her name. Nunez, um, like Jenny Ophel. I like Rachel Cusk. So yeah. Okay, Grant Faulkner, Executive Director of NaNoWriMo, thank you for joining me. There will be links in the show notes to NaNoWriMo and to everything we've mentioned. Thanks. Thank you. If you like the podcast, please follow it in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Scrivener, go to ScrivenerApp.com. Join us next month for another conversation on Right Now with Scrivener. <laughs>